1: Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to Grindhouse, where we drink coffee and talk about movies. My name is Sean Tatro, and today with my girlfriend and co-host, Leah Diana, we will be winding back the reel to 1992, where a mother and son team of strange supernatural creatures move to a small town to seek out a young virgin to feed on, in Stephen King's classic Sleepwalkers. Let's get into it.
2: Charles Brady is new in town.
0: you can actually talk to him? Yeah, he's nice. Real nice.
2: The girls all like him. The teachers all respect him. Your teachers in Ohio must have been sorry to lose such a creative young man. The parents all trust him. He's utterly charming. But nobody really knows him. Like his mother. You cannot be in love with this girl, she You don't know me, Tanya. But I want to. Behind their smile is a secret. Hi. Come in, Tanya. I have something for you. I don't know who you are, but I know you're not who you say you are. Behind the secret, is a hunger does it have to be her and behind it all is the imagination of stephen king somebody help me please he killed one of
0: my men he
2: was scared of a cat Stephen King's Sleepwalkers.
1: Spread the words, you dirty cocksuckers. Tell all your great-loving friends I want the matter of sitting down.
2: The nightmare of insane murder. From the depths of hell. Oh, the angel of death.
1: So that just happened
3: I'm not happy
1: I kind of expected that to be the outcome Once again we are drinking New England French vanilla um, Trying to get through this batch It's, it's starting to become a struggle uh, Before we actually get into the topic at hand today uh, Last week we didn't do something What didn't we do? We forgot to introduce our guest.
3: Oh my god! He must be so upset.
1: For those of you watching at home, um, this is Joe. Joe doesn't talk a lot, Mm. um, but he's here in spirit. Yep. Every fucking pun intended.
3: He rattles me a little.
1: Chills you to your bones. Mm
3: Mm-hmm. On that note, oh, the puns. This movie was riddled.
1: Alright, so this week we decided to sit down and watch the 1992 film, uh, Sleepwalkers, or Stephen King's Sleepwalkers. This movie was written by Stephen King and is one of the first things he ever wrote for the screen, not for a novel. Um, It was directed by Mick Garris, who is a popular name in horror. He's done a lot of smaller horror, a little more independent horror stuff, but Mm. huge name in the industry. Um, The film stars Brian Krause. I am going to butcher these other two names. Madjin Amik, who played Tanya, and Alice Krieg. Who is Mother.
3: I have a fun fact for you. What is Mother's other famous screen role? Words.
1: I've seen her in a lot of things, but Mm. off the top of my head, I can't pinpoint.
3: The Borg Mother from Star Trek.
1: Fuck. Nemesis, right? Yeah. Oh, shit. I was looking
3: like, because I was like, I recognize her. But I didn't recognize her with all the hair. <laughs> yeah It took me a minute. I'm like, I recognize that face.
1: She does a lot of roles, like mm. heavy makeup. and um, So this movie was made for a budget of $15 million. And wouldn't you know it, brought in a box office return of $30.5 million.
3: How? <laughs> Wait, this went to big screen?
1: This was, yeah, it had a box office release. What? This, definitely, this movie has a lot of elements that make it feel like a made-for-TV movie.
3: It's Stephen King, i.e. made-for-TV.
1: Well, to be fair, Stephen King's not always just made-for-TV.
3: He has garnered a reputation over the years. It is not a good reputation, but nonetheless, a reputation. (sighs) <sighs> Going into this movie, <laughs> have you ever seen it?
1: Okay, so I come from quite a background with this movie. I my grandmother owned this movie on VHS.
3: Your meme or your grandmother? Meme. Meme. Okay.
1: Um. She. Uh. So to add a little clarification, my my meme grandmother on my mother's side. Um. She. Big horror fan, and she's one of the people who got me so into horror movies. Uh, growing up, she's the one who showed me Stephen King's It. She, uh, in-
3: Meme, we're gonna have some words next time <laughs> she, I see you.
1: She introduced me to a lot of cla- reanimator, like a lot of classic uh horror films from the 80s. Um, so I watched this one. Pretty young. Uh, I was. I've, I had seen this multiple times as a little kid.
3: How young are we talking about?
1: Very young. Like, I remember this like, far back. Not
3: appropriate age, young?
1: Absolutely not.
3: What is with your family?
1: <laughs> this, uh. I never, like, at that young of an age, I never understood most of the undertones that we will get into uh, a little bit later on. Do
3: you see my face?
1: But, yeah, I uh, I was introduced to this particular movie at a very, very young age. Um, and
3: people wonder why you're fucked up. I think I know the answer.
1: I am perfectly fine.
3: <laughs> Liar!
1: <laughs> I actually believe I have the VHS for this one as oh, well. Oh,
3: God. Well, yeah, it might be way Let in me the back, though. Check. It might be behind the TV. We have a tiny little TV in the corner, like it's black and white, it's like it's this big. We're gonna have to, uh oh, he's pulling. You actually have this fucking movie and, on.
1: It has a horror sticker on it.
3: Oh my god. Alright. It's in like pristine It condition. is in really good condition. <laughs> it still, excuse me, the tape is the wrong way. It has all the stickers on it. It says R for Restricted. How old were you?
1: Very young. I couldn't pinpoint. Like, single
3: digits?
1: Yeah. Had to be, like, seven at the, at least. I don't know. It's been a...
3: Oh, the thing I was looking for is right on the front, too. What thing? The, uh, the thing in the beginning. Oh, nice. So, in the beginning of the movie, there is a little thing. It says, sleepwalker. Noun. Nomadic shape shifting creatures with human and feline origins. Vulnerable to the deadly scratch of a cat, the sleepwalker feeds upon life force of virginal human females. Probably. Pro, probab- Probable. P R O B A B L E. Probal source of the vampire legend. And it says, Chilkoth? Encyclopedia of Arcane Knowledge, 1st edition, 18, nine, 1884. So there's actual actual legend. And I noticed Stephen King does this. He pulls from, like, actual legend. Like, Pet Cemetery is an actual legend. Like, it is an actual legend. Well, ba- loosely based off of, like, a legend. Which I think is very cool. I'll put this here so everybody can see the that is a really good copy, dude. That's like perfect condition.
1: That's one of the uh most clean VHS's I own. You
3: need to get the little yeah, box for it. I do. So I do not have high hopes going into this movie.
1: Well, let's kinda let's kinda break this down a little bit. So oh, break fo- it down. Following that intro text, uh we're brought into the former home of our two antagonists, where a fantastic cameo by Mark Hamill kind of breaks us into the the horror here. We see... My, by the way, his fucking 70s porn stash was oh. fantastic. Uh, <laughs> we see countless dismembered bodies of cats... Hanging from and, trees. Oh. And then they discover the desiccated corpse of a little girl. Like a little or like a
3: young adult? She had braces, that's all I well, know.
1: He had she had braces, he calls her a little girl. Yeah. So I don't
3: know. My exact words were Mark Hamill, what the fuck? Did your Star Wars money run out? <laughs>
1: Uh, honestly, I think uh, Mark Hamill just hadn't really done a lot at that, po- at that time. Mm. And this was a cool opportunity to just hop into a cameo role. Mind you, there are a ton of cameos throughout this movie. God,
3: there are a ton of cameos. There are.
1: Which, I'm going to jump ahead just to the cameo sections to talk about them a little bit. Okay. In one take, yep. one single moving shot... We have uh, cameos by. I wrote them all down. So, wait, in this one single moving shot, we have cameos by Stephen King, Toby Hooper, and Clive Barker.
3: <gasps> Toby Hooper isn't Toby?
1: Toby? Which one was Toby? The first guy is Stephen King talked to.
3: No way. That was Texas Chainsaw yep. Massacre. Oh my god, that's amazing.
1: And then a little later on at the police station, we see a cameo by John Landis and Joe Dante.
3: Landis, why Ameri- should I know?
1: Uh, American Werewolf in London.
3: Never seen that movie.
1: Thriller. He made the music video.
3: Okay, I thought you were telling me like he's a specific zombie. No, I would have no. been like, hey, I never paid attention. And
1: Joe Dante is responsible for like a ton of other horror films. The first Howling is his. But I digress.
3: Can we get to the most obvious cameo? Mr. Stephen King himself.
1: I said Stephen King.
3: Oh. And then, my favorite, because his nose is unmistakable in anything he ever does. Ron Perlman. I would...
1: See, I wouldn't even count that as a cameo, because he has he's multiple He's a legitimate scenes. actual...
3: Yeah, he's a legitimate actual, like, actor in the movie. But just seeing him, I was like, that nose, man. That's him.
1: He fucking... I love his overzealous attitude oh my throughout God. this movie. He comes in full of piss and Pompous vinegar. Pompous
3: <laughs> and fucking arrogant as shit. Does he end up dying?
1: Yes. Well, no. He gets... Injured. He gets his fingers bitten off and his arm broken and then bashed in the face. But I don't think he dies. So after the introductory scene with... Um,
3: well, I have something from the introductory scene that yes. bothered me. How did the corpse scream?
1: Uh, so the corpse... I don't think it was actually screaming. I think that was just kind of a jump scare moment.
3: Why do horror films feel the need to jump scare us with certain things? Like, if that corpse pops out, there's no screaming involved. Just let it happen. Like, I know jump scares are cheap ways to get some thrills. I hate jump scares. If it's appropriate, fine. But if it's, like, The Conjuring. The jump scare and The Conjuring where the hands come out... That's appropriate. Well, there's
1: build to that.
3: There is. But I'm sorry. Silly little things, like, jumping out at you.
1: Um, so, uh, following this Mark Hamill intro scene, we get thrown into a fairly standard 90s title sequence. Mm. By the way, I loved the, um, Freddy Krueger-style slash into that opening scene.
3: So weird. (laughs) I was like, what movie am I watching?
1: But we... (sighs) We move from that into introducing our protagonists.
3: Mr. Brian Krauss.
1: Brian Krause, who which
3: babyface Krauss.
1: The thing I find weird about this na- watching it now mm. is the the idea that we're introduced so quickly into the weirdness of them. Like immediately you see uh, Charles. He's Brian Krause, mm. Charles, He um, he's looking at a yearbook photo of Tanya. And he's cutting himself. And then himself. he carves her initial, her initial into his arm.
3: What?
1: Which, I don't know, it's just so weird. But if weird. you notice,
3: there are initials all over his arm. So I feel like every time he takes the life force from somebody, he carves the initial. Which I think is premature. Somebody. Yeah. Yeah. A little premature. He'd get a little cocky in his killing age.
1: I don't know. I just think he, uh like, they play that off like you immediately feel we- like, weird toward him and his mother. Like, you should kind of initially, like, just assume they're regular and then shift into weird. It's but...
3: Stephen King.
1: I know, but... It, it just felt like that's what I probably would have done I probably would have made you like relate to them and then made the shift
3: I mean I would have fought with this until the next scene I have some big problems
1: well that's what I mean like, like in that first scene make him relatable yes and then
3: go to the oh look I'm uncomfortably close dancing with my mom oh look we're making out oh look I'm taking her upstairs to fuck my mother You watched this as a child?
1: Yes. Um, And I didn't grasp any of that. Like, I think back then, I didn't really take in the information. I just kind of saw, oh, couple. Oh, evil cat monsters.
3: He calls her mom. She calls him son. Wait.
1: Try and think about when you watched movies when you were a little, little kid. You didn't really pay attention to what was being said. It was just visual stimulation.
3: My parents and my grandparents would make me stand in the foyer while watching weird movies and not allow me to see those scenes. So I knew something was up. And this movie would be a hard no till I was at least a teenager.
1: Well, I had a very liberal family. (laughs)
3: Thanksgiving's gonna get interesting, folks. I'm asking
1: questions. But, yes, uh, for those who have never seen this, this movie is essentially about strange, vampiric, incestuous cat monsters.
3: (laughs) I physically looked at him at one point during the beginning, and then I went... I was disturbed.
1: (laughs) Well, the way I look at it... A little
3: warning would have been nice.
1: The way I look at it, this, uh... First of all, if I had given you warning...
3: I w no, I can't veto any movies. <laughs> but I was told I'm not allowed to go eh, eh no. This I is think, appropriate.
1: Uh, <laughs> I think the subject matter that they were dealing with here speaks measures to the actors. Like the fact that they were able to stomach mom, getting through these sucks. scenes. <laughs> like, wow. like it's pretty intense. Like, kudos to Brian Krause. Oh uh,
3: God, I know.
1: God damn. Um
3: my exact words were, really oddly seductive. I kind of hate this. I'm throwing up. Mom and son are kissing. Are they gonna fuck?
1: <laughs> and then they fuck.
3: And then they fuck. And then I put, Stephen King, you are one sick bastard.
1: <laughs> but, at the very least...
3: He knows how to get a rise on you, you.
1: You can't come out of this movie saying you didn't see something different. Come on.
3: An Oedipus Compact clump. Complex is not what I wanted to see today.
1: <laughs> no, but you saw something different. Ugh. It wasn't what you were expecting.
3: It's not like <laughs> honestly. Oh, I saw that. see. So this isn't the the case that we saw. It's the it's the other one. So this is the one that I saw. That's what I saw. And it's like, oh, cute little kitties, some fire in a car. Not, mommy and son are gonna fuck. <laughs> I would have liked a w- warning. There is incest. Beware. Like, ugh. Well,
1: moving on from the...
3: It happens multiple times. I'm gonna bring yes, it up. Yes,
1: it does. Moving oh. on from the weird cat creature fucking. Um, <laughs> we are introduced to Tanya. She works at a local small theater. Um, I super appreciated the... Hilarious Walkman dance sequence. <laughs> With
3: the hair everywhere.
1: And then the, you know, meet cute moment where he goes to get popcorn. Oh,
3: God. It was so. Honestly, I would have. That would have been fine if they didn't put the incestuous part in the beginning. If they were like, oh, he's creepy. Then cut to him going, oh, mom, I'm going to the movie theater alone. Oh, yeah. Take out all that. Put that after that. Make us like him a little. Because automatically I was like, Dude, creepy vibes. Creepy, 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 <laughs> creepy, creepy, creepy. Ooh. I can never see Leo from Charmed the same way ever again.
1: And you never will.
3: I'm just gonna look at him and be like, motherfucker.
1: I uh by this point in the movie we've uh we've already been introduced to the theme a couple of times and I actually really liked it. The the, mu- the musical the like that humming oh, musical yeah. theme. Yep. Okay. I enjoy that theme. It's
3: It's, a thing in his movies.
1: It's subtle. It's, uh, it's eerie.
3: There's always some sort of, like, tone or, like... Yeah. It's kind of... I like that. It's kind of like you instantly know it's a Stephen King, like, story.
1: Yeah. And, uh, the opening few scenes of this movie, they kind of progress really quickly. Mm. So, like, right after they meet at the theater, we almost immediately jump to them in school. Yep. Um, Charles reads this story. Literally,
3: he re- leads, reads the story about him and his mother. Yeah. Out loud, to everybody.
1: And nobody believes it, of course. Yeah. Um. We also are introduced in this scene to Otho from Beetlejuice.
3: I was like, dude! Beetlejuice! Beetlejuice, dude!
1: Uh, and,
3: who... and this guy's name is Charles, and the father's name is Charles. So immediately, if you were questioning who is one, he goes, alright, Charles. And I'm like, it is Otho. <laughs> Definitely Otho.
1: And Otho in this movie is a fucking dick.
3: Yeah, doesn't she? Don't they even say, the girls say, oh, that teacher's really creepy. He's always been creepy. He's like, he, they said something I about I believe it. so. And I'm like, hmm, okay.
1: Interesting. Like, we're talking slap kids on the r- knuckles with a ruler dick.
3: I got that. I and, got that. I went to Catholic school.
1: And why the fuck was he, f- like, he immediately had it out for Charles. Like, just because of what? He called him out on Maybe being an it idiot? he really
3: is Otho. And, like, after everything happened, he became a cranky teacher in, like, Maine or something. And, like, just cannot take teenagers anymore after dealing with Lydia and Beetlejuice. Maybe just this was his, like, trauma, like, oh, God, like, his PTSD moment. Like, no, I hate you. I, you give me vibes. No.
1: We've just created a cinematic universe based on this actor. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and then in charmed. <laughs> no, oh kidding.
1: Jesus. <laughs> um so he immediately has it out for Charles. Um uh, the next time we see him he's actually like he follow chases him down in his Volkswagen bug.
3: And he pulls him <laughs> over. Pulls him over And he's like, I'm on to you <laughs> And then Charles literally rips his hand off, breaks his arm, and eats him.
1: Yeah. Well deserved.
3: <laughs> Honestly, I would have done the same thing if that teacher drove me off the road to yell at me because he get i give him sketchy vibes no the sketchy vibes are warranted he has a reason to be like oh you're sketch yeah but like i also am like yeah brian Krause, eat him eat his face off like it's fine
1: uh we're also introduced in that scene to the what i would call because i grew up with this movie and the iconic blue trans am
3: Iconic blue
1: Trans For me, it's iconic. Oh. I remember it growing up, so it's like.
3: Did you want this car as a kid?
1: Not necessarily. Um, I just always thought it was a cool looking car.
3: I've driven it in a Trans They're just very loud. Fitness. Nice. <laughs> I'm like, oh, it's, so um,
1: it's not long before Charles brings Tanya home from school. Uh, there's a really. That's a whole she invites him in kind of shows him her room which there's this whole cutesy dance they do when he's when she's trying to hide put, her undies. Hide away hide her undies which why the hell are her underwear strewn everywhere
3: i think it's a 90s 80s 90s kind of trope like teenage girls and their negligee or panties just everywhere just throw, throw them it just looks like oh mom i did my laundry and you just throw everything everywhere and they're all these cute little silk panties and you're like where your grandma is? like why why are you leaving the cute little panties out what is, what is wrong with you and then the mom comes home or the mom comes in from gardening like oh what are you two doing instantly i got creeped vibes not from the mom but just from the situation like why would you be like oh let's go in my room
1: well i got the vibe right from uh when, she
3: wanted to fuck him the minute yeah, she met him
1: when Tanya was she definitely was into him at the movie theater and then when she's talking to her friend she's immediately talking about like fucking him
3: yeah like oh we didn't do anything yet so, Like, so
1: it very much felt like her whole character was based, predicated on the fact that she was a like horned up teen
3: or alternate idea that the sleepwalkers have a little bit of, like, telekinetic power. And, like, maybe he was, like, mind, like, oh, you like me. Uh, oh, you want me. Like, they they talk of, like, the whole thing talks about a virginal female. What if by meeting him, like, she was a little, like, like her engine started getting warmed up where it had never been before.
1: I could I could definitely get into that idea. Mainly because, like, they're the sleepwalker characters are meant to be vampiric and vampires always come with the added like influential uh seductive nature so yeah all right
3: we've seen from other dracula movies yeah that that there is a like nature of like even though you get creepy vibes it's like a it's like a romanticized like you want these gothic creepy like come to me my child that kind of thing so I would kind of think that she was fine till she saw him eye to eye and then she was like oh I met him oh he's dreamy oh like which kind of gets ruined instantly when he goes full fucking weirdo like later but we'll get to that point
1: um so we've been jumping around a little bit here Mm. but uh So he offs the teacher right away, which we actually get our first instance of the face morphing in this movie
3: when he sees. Um, hang on, Clovis the cat.
1: Clovis, by the way, loved Sheriff Andy.
3: Oh my god!
1: Or Deputy Andy, whatever he was, and Clovis. Clovis, Clovis Clovis oh my god, was the coolest fucking cat.
3: (laughs) He was so fucking cute.
1: Oh. The So, that face-morphing, first couple face-morphing shots that we get there are not the greatest. Like, the technology just wasn't there.
3: But you kind of have to put yourself into 1992 where that was probably either done practically or with claymation.
1: I believe most of that was done... Practically, practically. Um, from what I could tell, like I, I watch a lot of this shit. I can usually pick pick the stuff apart, mm. but it looked to me like they essentially just took two separate shots and di- like did like uh kind of dissolve with them. Mm. Um, the first one when he when he face morphs in front of the teacher, uh, that looked like just two separate shots because he even like slightly positioned moves. Yeah and then in the car with Clovis they do they go through like multiple faces they went
3: through four faces i feel like
1: those there was might have been a little bit of claymation in there but like i think it was at least like him and then the uh like makeup head the
3: small prosthetic and then yeah. it was a bigger and then it was the final form kind right. of look
1: and i don't know like i think with the the Blu-ray transfer and everything, it looks pretty good.
3: It does look really good. I will say that. This movie was very crisp for 92. I mean, between tape and DVD, that's the beauty of watching these, like, with Blu-ray. The tapes are grainy. You know, it, it's a sign of the times, which I'm okay with. I love the movie grain. The Blu-ray was very crisp. Like, you yeah. could tell details on their faces, like, perfectly. You can also tell when the prosthetic were Coming off, like yeah. you could see the prosthetics coming off of Brian Krause at one point, and that wasn't his fault, that was the type of camera they were using. They're like, Oh, we're not paying attention to the detail at that point. They didn't think 4K or 8K was going to be possible, no.
1: and I don't know. Like, I thought the movie looked really good mm-hmm. uh, overall. It, um, the special effects surprisingly age well for the time. Mm. Like, most 90s things look like shit now, and, like, that, all things considered, looked pretty good.
3: But you did say that this was an actual big Hollywood release.
1: I wouldn't say big, but it had a theatrical release. Yeah, it was a
3: theatrical release, so with theatrical stuff, I feel like they at least try a little harder.
1: Oh, yeah. For sure.
3: One thing I'd like to touch on is in the part where the, the sheriff or the police officer was playing with Clovis... And a koosh ball he actually had a koosh ball and i was like oh i could tell this is the 90s there's koosh balls i actually do own two of these i love these things the smell is still there people that played (laughs) with these know these still smell i've had them for years but i was i loved the whole dynamic like they built the character between the two of them before they even built like more of a, a story between the mom and the son like why are they running? What's going on? They touched on the mom can feel the other sleepwalkers, but he, but Charles believes that there are no more.
1: I love that that element is in there. Mm. Like the fact that they mention other sleepwalkers. Yeah,
3: Like they're not the only ones. There are others.
1: So like there could have, there was potential for sequels yes. and that they just never realized. Like I think it was cool to have that element there,
3: or like open the world's possibility to Stephen King's universe, which how big Stephen King's universe is at this time oh, these yeah. days. It
1: was huge. with
3: the actual like the ser- There's a series Castle Rock, which is mentioned in this movie, not the series. The actual the, the Castle town. Rock. Um, you could at one point with Castle Rock being as big as it is now as the series, this could come back. Oh, you can hear something.
1: Fucking di- if they did a whole season of Castle Rock on Sleepwalkers, I'd shit myself. You That'd do be a awesome. lot of
3: shitting on this podcast.
1: That'd be amazing. Like if they could turn something th- like this mm. into a whole series
3: or at least have like an under plot of this being in the background. That would be cool. That would be cool. I know nothing about about Castle Rock at all. Castle all I Rock, know is what you have told me. They've
1: done a really good job with Castle Rock. Like, the, the last season was a combination of Misery and Salem's Lot.
3: I don't. I know a little bit about Misery. I've never seen it.
1: Very, very uh, good.
3: But Salem's Lot, I have no idea what Salem's Lot is.
1: It was really cool.
3: I know nothing. I love Stephen King. I tried to read Pet Cemetery when I was a teenager, like 13, 14. It creeped me out. Had to put it down. <laughs> like, I couldn't get through it.
1: Wait till we get to the
3: movie. Uh the original, please, because that remake... Yes,
1: the remake blew. Ooh.
3: We didn't like it. We saw it in theaters, too.
1: Um, before we jump too far ahead, we were introduced to Tanya's parents mm-hmm. uh, pretty early on. And fun fact about the actors...
3: Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I recognize them.
1: Those two actors have played parents together multiple times throughout really? their careers. Uh, in things like Ferris Bueller's Day Off... Uh, this she's having a baby um and they apparently got married in real life no way really so they are real life Aww. mom and dad
3: <laughs> what you do as a couple you stay as a couple that's so nice uh oh one of the pow- one of the other powers that they show they can make themselves and things go invisible and change so that's where I kind of get this weird telekinetic thing from. Like, there could be other powers behind that. That was interesting.
1: The invisibility thing I thought was really interesting. Mm. Uh, like, I don't... S- that ability has always been strange to me because they're like cat monsters.
3: But what if you take invisibility 4? Hear me out. Because it's an Egyptian theme in the beginning. Mirage. They manipulate the okay. scenes to, to what you believe. So, where there actually is a car, they're manipulating as a mirage to where it's not there anymore.
1: Cat Oh, okay.
3: Because Egyptian... uh, I'm not... I'm a little rusty with my Egyptian stuff, but Egyptians... Uh, mummies and stuff like that fear cats because they are the guardians of the underworld. Yep,
1: they worship. So that would yes.
3: Yeah, so that would make sense that the cat they're afraid of cats because maybe they're a creature from the underworld of Egyptian lore. Fuck,
1: war. I never even connected the Egyptian thing. Because they
3: have the Egyptian um, hieroglyphics yeah. and stuff in the beginning, and I was like, oh, okay, that's a cool
1: idea. All right.
3: So where they're manipulating it with with the sun and everything as a mirage. Yep.
1: All right. Yeah. Because they only ever do it, really, during daylight. No,
3: the mom does it, but I feel like she's more ancient, so maybe she has a little, like, he right. does it during the day. I feel she can do it more powerful. Anytime. Yeah,
1: Yeah. Uh... That was another thing. I really thought... I thought they did a fucking phenomenal job with the, uh... The car morphing.
3: Yeah, I honestly was like, ooh! It feels like they took transfer, and they just kinda, like... Very carefully. But
1: that's the thing. Like, if you look at every one of those shots where something either turns invisible, changes shape, whatever.
3: It's very smooth for the time. It's
1: very smooth. There's camera movement involved, which means they had to do... So, like, the shot... That's where the
3: 15 million went into. (laughs) The
1: first shot of the Trans Am, when it turns invisible on Mm -hmm. the side of the road, it's essentially... It's a pan from... uh, screen left to screen right no sorry screen right to screen left um, and you see the whole car turn invisible mm. which means they had to do a shot that pan- like with the car there panned from uh, left to right or right to left Jesus. and then replicate the exact same shot perfectly
3: without the car, without
1: the car and then blend the two shots together that is so fucking hard to do then.
3: Mm.
1: Now you have programmable, uh, like, like, techno cranes d- 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 and done. shit that yeah. can just match the same move again and again and again. Mm. Then you did not have that.
3: You had one guy who was like, alright, knees don't fail me now, and just very, very careful. I'm sure
1: they had much more advanced shit than, like, I would ever have access to, mm. but holy fuck
3: yeah. That was impressive.
1: Every single time they did it, it was clean as all hell. And the
3: car changed. Because yeah. after the chase, he's like, oh, I need to change it. So he changes it into a red Mustang. And then when he gets too far away because he's younger, he mentally loses that ability was to change it. He's also not focused on it. Yeah, he's focused on trying to get Tanya at yeah. that point. It's And it didn't do it fast. it slowly. And you heard it you heard the noises of the change which was was very
1: christine it was
3: like damn (laughs) that's awesome Ooh,
1: it was really well done
3: yes that was very well done all right
1: um uh needless to say uh charles and tanya go out on their date
3: oh we're missing quite a bit before that are we yeah, so after the whole school scene, and he gets home, the mom start. Mom's like, "Did you get her? Oh, oh no, no, we're gonna go out tomorrow." And the mom starts beating the shit out of him, like, "Boom, boom, boom!" But the minute she sees that he's injured, she's like, she goes all mommy on him, like, "Oh my god, what happened? Who hurt you? What's happening?" And he's like, "Oh, I killed the teacher. It's only a matter of time before they find it. We gotta leave again." So, this has happened multiple times. So, they're having a hard time feeding on life's forces and moving to the next places. Like, because the sign of the time, technology is getting a little better. He, they're not able to hide. So, I'm like, how old are these guys? Well,
1: that was another cool element I thought was, like, looking at it now, mm. um, you get this sense that the times are changing. It's getting harder to hide. It's, uh, you if you think about the... Uh, Social—the way society changed—virgins are scarcer. Yeah, because people are having sex earlier. They're fucking. Uh, there's a lot less pe- people with virtues, so they're like, because this is what ninety-two. Ninety-two. You said? So, yeah, like it was—it was becoming more and more difficult to find their prey, mm. which. I don't know. I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, if
3: they're from Egyptian times, like, it is easy to, like, steal some random virginal girl from, like, a poor family. Nobody would think anything. They would, oh, she just meant missing. Oh, we, like, they didn't have the sources they have now where, you know, they find that guy, they can ID him, they can ID Char- uh, Charles just from, like, nails and hair because of the brutal way that it's going to leave DNA and stuff.
1: I would be pretty interested to see. St- Like, somebody try to tackle this now. Like, just because of how... Like, you'd have to figure out ways to make this work with today. And it's... Yeah. It would be very hard.
3: It would be very hard. Like, something like this where they could just ID... Well, they could ID the car really quick. Like, I don't know. It'd be... This would be tough. Yeah. I think the not the lesser technology and the lesser like thinking of society definitely would hinder something like this for even now like even maybe early 2000s oh let's see Uh, then they have sex again I'm gonna skip over that I'm tired alright so cute little Tanya is packing the lunch for the for the uh, for the outing and it's mentioned that she's a photographer. She's I'm a photographer, so she's got a really nice camera. She's got photos all over her room that she shows him.
1: Cannon shooter.
3: Cannon shooter. I want that cannon. <laughs> oh, my God. I saw that, I saw that, and I'm just like, I want her camera so bad. Um, <laughs> when they go out, she's taking pictures and stuff. And one of the comments after they get to... It's called Homeland Cemetery. The comment she makes is... Um, Oh, he says, "Mother, your mother is gonna, your mother is gonna know, want some rubbings, uh, to know that we went out here." And she goes, "Me too, Charles." I was like, "Ew, <laughs> just take your pants off and fuck him already. This is gross." <laughs> oh, while while you know, just fuck him, but be careful because mommy's juices could still be on his dick. Gross. Uh,
1: Motherfucker, I'm nev- I'm never gonna live this one oh, down. Oh no,
3: you're not. Oh.
1: Um, there's definitely a huge, uh, there's a big date rape element to this scene in particular. Oh,
3: this scene was tough.
1: Um, where, ra- like, the violation would be, like, the theft of life essence. Yes. Rather than the theft of innocence. Like, he
3: even is, like, like, when, when, so one of my comments I have is, oh, I've fallen and my vagina is available. Because, like, they trip and fall, and they roll around. And he even starts, they start kissing, and he pulls away and goes, I'm sorry. He needed consent from her to let it happen, because she goes, no sorries. Which means that she is open for it.
1: You see, like, I actually Very vampire thing. I really, really liked that element. Like, Mm. the idea that he showed a lot of hesitance. He
3: showed restraint.
1: And... It was her that urged Once it.
3: Once she opened up and she urged it, he was like, "Oh, okay, I've been welcomed in."
1: Which I guarantee you probably wouldn't fly very well today.
3: <gasps> no, this movie would not.
1: But nope. I thought that was interesting cuz normally you see like the, the girls one, would be
3: pushing like The no, woman's no,
1: defensive and the guy is forceful. No, he wasn't.
3: He wasn't. He, he was, wasn't until he was
1: she gave consent.
3: Very 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 chivalrous until the moment she let him in. Now I'm not condoning any of this. No, absolutely but I not. think it's a very vampiric kind of tale. Yeah. You cannot let vampires cannot come in unless you invite them. She said no sorries and she opened up, so the vampire in him was like, Oh, okay, game th- game on, here we go.
1: Yeah, it was it was, was very like, oh. interesting. He even showed hesitance when he was talking to his mother, saying, like, does it have to be her? Yes. Like he didn't really want to take her, but...
3: But as, I guess, the... has to feed his mother, has to feed her soul, so, you know.
1: There's also a really strange, comical nature to this attack sequence, where he's, like, making jokes the whole time.
3: He get he goes from nice guy Brian to creepy guy Charles so quickly. So like, fast. Like, what are you, are you going, Tanya? <laughs> like, what happened? Like, the minute he's like, oh, nope, she's a slut. Here we go. Like, whoa.
1: Yeah. Off the brakes, it, dude. It was pretty ridiculous. Like,
3: <laughs> like at one point, she starts attacking him with stuff. And one of the things, she attacks him with a corkscrew. Right in his eyeball. Takes his eyeball. And he doesn't stop.
1: Uh, Side note, the practical effects throughout this Holy shit. are great. They are great. They hold up very well today.
3: And I think whoever did the prosthetics Did a great job They held together Even through that fight sequence Because yeah. she's beating him up They're on the ground and shit He still looked pretty good It wasn't It wasn't until Excuse me He gets back home That you can see That the prosthetics are starting to like Kind of look a little Well they were also
1: bigger Yeah bigger Because prosthetics. that was
3: like There were the smaller prosthetics there And then he was full Yeah Cat vampire at home So they were a lot bulkier Right It was weird um the sheriff's singing in the car.
1: Oh, She's my driving and god. singing. It
3: was great. I loved it. Oh.
1: That sheriff, he was hilarious the whole movie. Oh
3: my god, I want that man to be in more shit. Like he was perfect. I loved him.
1: I also think that the mother performance was really good.
3: Oh god, yeah.
1: I think she played that character very well.
3: You've seen the Borg Queen?
1: Yeah. She's fucking in that movie. Incredible. That
3: movie Nemesis wasn't very far Away from this. No.
1: She was, I think, pretty popular around yeah. this time.
3: Like, she can do creepy real well. Like, her creep factor is incredible.
1: I mean, hop, skip it and jump in a little bit here. But, like, uh, Tanya gets rescued uh, thanks to Clovis.
3: To Clovis. But the <laughs> sheriff gets, one, a pencil through his ear and into his brain. And then he gets shot in the back.
1: Oh, yeah. And then
3: poor Clovis saves the girl. But it ends that scene on Clovis pawing the sheriff and crawling onto his chest and waiting there until they get there.
1: Andy didn't deserve to go out that oh, way.
3: Oh, my God. I was heartbroken. Like, oh, that poor cat. That poor dude.
1: Um, but they end up, they take, uh, they take her home. She obviously got a police escort and cop hangs around parents are very distraught yeah we get a super reminiscent of nightmare on elm street bathtub sequence like it's like ripped straight out of the first movie
3: there is a scene that bothers me where the mom is visibly upset and she drops the tongs and stuff like that and the father's like calm down it's okay where where is tanya oh upstairs she needs to get clean
1: because so even though she wasn't technically raped She was violated. Yes. And could have been raped.
3: But I got sketchy weirdo vibes from her mom like she is unclean. Like, oh, she is unclean.
1: See, that's not how I took that.
3: No, you took it more as like, oh, my baby's unclean. Like, oh, my God.
1: I think I took that as my baby just went through... Attempted rape because they don't know anything about. No, Charles. they don't
3: know that so, all he was trying to do was just suck her soul yeah. out of her throat. But whatever.
1: But so they're looking at it as she was almost raped. She probably feels so violated. So he she she's telling the dead she had she has to get clean, like so he can understand how yeah. she's probably feeling. Okay. That's how I took it. Just the
3: way the line was delivered made me feel a little like I was like, oh, I feel uncomfortable. I wish she would have delivered a little more with heart.
1: Well, I think either way, you're supposed to feel yeah, uncomfortable. Yeah, this
3: whole movie made me feel uncomfortable.
1: That was the Unless entire intention.
3: And then all I said was, oh, look at the little pussies go. Pussies on parade.
1: <laughs> uh, oh,
3: Ron Perlman is introduced. Yes. And he says, that girl needs a smack on her butt. And if no one, if her mom and dad won't do it, I volunteer. I'm sorry, Ron. What?
1: Well, he's very clearly a pompous, egotistical ass who's probably a womanizer as well. Yeah,
3: and a little bit of a pervert. <laughs> she's, what, between 14 and 18?
1: I'd say probably 17.
3: Probably 16, 17. Like, ew!
1: Yeah. Um, I love how the cats throughout this film, they're always shown, like, closing in like an angry mob on the monsters. It's amazing.
3: <laughs> um, so then as she's getting ready to get out of the bath, um... There's a ding-dong at the door, and it's Mrs. Cat Lady. Mommy dearest. And she fucks up the dad, fucks up the mom, throws her out a window. I don't, the mom's not dead.
1: No, she didn't die. The,
3: the dad, though, I don't know, because all she did was break the vase, and I he's just he bloody. I think he was
1: just unconscious. Yeah. But they never show him again, no. so I have no idea.
3: But she yeeted that mom through the fucking front window like nobody's business. Oh, yeah. Holy shit. Um, and then the other deputy gets killed by an ear of corn in the back.
1: Stabbed. Stabbed with a fucking corn corn. cob.
3: (laughs) And he's dead. (laughs) But, like, it went through, like, this part of the back. And I'm like, I feel that would do a lot of damage, but wouldn't kill you.
1: It's a fucking 90s movie.
3: Uh, the practical effect for the corn in the back, though, didn't hold up. No. (laughs) That did not hold up. That corn looked sketch.
1: Um,. Mom drags Tanya out of the house, um, meets up with Ron Perlman.
3: Fucks Ron Perlman up.
1: Fucks Ron Perlman up. And
3: then shoots two cop cars, and they magically explode.
1: Either... Alright, by movie logic, either she's a fucking dead eye and hit the gas tanks perfectly, or those are just some fucking explosive goddamn cop cars.
3: And they're nothing but... corn. They're They're... They're... Um... Uh, Victoria Crown Royal, I don't know, whatever the fuck they are. Crown Vicks. Crown Vicks. <laughs> They're regular Crown Vicks. Yes. Like, what?
1: Uh, it made no fucking I sense. I saw
3: that scene and I went, mm, This was a choice. <laughs> but
1: it's a 90s movie. They blew shit up for no fucking reason.
3: Uh, Michael Bay was available for this film. Oh, <laughs> uh, let's see. She was just snapping fucking cats left and right, like, kuh, <laughs> I'm like, oh god! Oh god! Yeah. Peter must have a field day with this movie! Just snap and catch!
1: She, uh... drag Basically drags Tanya back to their house.
3: By her hair! By her
1: hair. Oh. Um, brings her to see Charles.
3: <laughs> Brian Krause was totally breathing. He's supposed to be dead. I know he's supposed to be dead.
1: I don't think he was supposed to be dead. Really? No, because, like... He, uh... Then, like, wakes up, like, opens his eyes, and then starts to try and take her soul again. So, I don't think he was supposed to be Ooh. dead. He was just like near death. Excuse me. So, probably like shallow breathing, like mm. very shallow breathing, stuff like that.
3: So they're doing this whole fight thing, and then the uh, the actual like big sheriff shows up and finds Clovis, and closely Clovis leads him into the house, climbs a tree breaks a window
1: yep clovis literally Clo- just, clovis just goes boom, through, a window. through a
3: window uh, <laughs> with the magic of blu-ray you can see where the sugar glass was on that and oh, I, that was hilarious it was great but i'm like is clovis magical was clovis supposed to come back in some sort of <gasps> way
1: clovis has just seen some shit but, but <laughs> he's clovis, a grizzled cat <laughs>
3: sorry clovis seems like <clears throat> excuse me Clovis seems like he should be, like, some sort of magic. Like, oh, Clovis has been around for years, and he's the protector, and he's been following me. What is he, Zachary Binks? Years. I don't look. <laughs> it's Zachary, not Zachary. Uh. Zachary Binks. Where have thou been?
1: We, we, can we, have, uh, we cover that movie? We, oh. get, we get a weird scene where Mommy makes Tanya dance with the... Almost dead, Charles. Oh my
3: god. And he's like, Arr. and he's like, <laughs> he's, like freaking he's shambling
1: like a like, like a corpse. corpse the whole time.
3: Oh and she's just screaming. Just, screaming.
1: yeah, she's just screaming her ass off. Oh
3: my god. And I want to yell at Tanya stop with the eyes. I could not take her just like thumbing his eyeballs. I was like, ah, ha, ha, ah, <laughs> ah. I was freaking out. I, a that was, a I was like, good not effect, the eyeballs. Though. Um, and then the fucking trap they had traps all over the house to stop the cats because the cats are poisonous to these sleepwalkers like the minute like they, you get scratched like there's real theory that there's something called cat scratch fever which you can get real bad infection with cat scratches Yeah. so it makes kind of sense but there are traps all over the place and one of the police officers just steps in a fucking trap and I was like, oh, stop with the traps. Like, you hear, I'm like, oh, God, stop it. Stop with the traps. This movie was, like, making my skin crawl with just how much, like, weird stuff. Um, oh, when the sheriff uh, dies. I wrote, oh, the sheriff was on the fence about this situation. Because she just picks him up and right on the fence. Uh. <laughs> also, ending sequence, she, she magics herself out of the house. Goes after Tanya while well, everybody's dead. All the catches magically scratch her on fire.
1: So, I think that was supposed to like go in with that cats are deadly to them, but it was
3: almost like the cat scratch was like the sunlight for vampires.
1: Yeah, it was. I was like, mm. I mean, you have to take everything with a kind of a grain of salt because Stephen King basically made all of this up. So,
3: Stephen King, if you're there. I would like to know what drugs you did from the 70s to the 90s, because I would like some.
1: So much cocaine.
3: Oh, my God. (laughs) If this is what cocaine fuel is, damn, my stories would be so much better with a little bit of coke fuel. (sighs) Uh, So she's magically on fire. Lights on
1: fire. Tanya's (laughs)
3: hugging Clovis.
1: And movie over.
3: Scene. What?
1: Uh, it's It's a very strange ride, this movie. Uh you know the girl who plays Tanya I've seen her in a few things I get a very um like Nancy Thompson vibe I honestly thought that was her. her It's not uh She looks a lot like her like they're very they have a very similar look to them
3: Oh wow there's a picture of her now and she is gorgeous Really? She is known for starring role of Shelley Johnson in the cult television series, Twin Peaks. She reprised her, um, she oh, is in the prequel, shit, Fire right. Walk With Me, and the revival television series, The Return.
1: I forgot she was in that.
3: Yep. So that's probably where a lot of people, um, she was also in The Witches of en- East End, Dream Lover, she's on River- Riverdale. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty much it. What other films have she done? Sleepwalkers was like her fourth film.
1: Uh, she, she's been in quite a bit.
3: Anything we would know. No, it looks like she stopped acting in films in 2017. And the most recent thing she did was um, Twin Peaks. And it looks like she stopped. Oh, no, she's in Riverdale. Duh, I just said that. She's in American Horror Story Hotel.
1: Oh, really? Yep. Nice.
3: Didn't know that. I've seen, I've seen all, all, almost all of American Horror Story. You haven't. No. I like American Horror Story.
1: Which is fine. To each their own.
3: Gilmore Girls. She's. Oh, she was in Star Trek: The Next Generation. She was played one scene. So she hasn't done a lot, but I definitely recognize.
1: No, I some think of the things she, she has done. She has kind of a career like. Uh, Fucking um, Zach Galligan from Gremlins, like he hasn't done a whole ton main character.
3: I have seen this movie, and I don't remember. Uh,
1: <laughs> so, this is definitely one of Stephen King's like stranger stories, especially since like it's not based on any of his previous work. Is this
3: stranger it gets from this man?
1: No, oh, Stephen King oh. does some weird shit like so this. So much coke. <laughs> but you know what? Personally, I think that. Most people don't take risks like this. I personally think that this is very and a very interesting movie because nobody, who do you know that would be like, oh, like, cat creatures, vampiric cat creatures, like nobody.
3: I-, I can tell you where I thought this was going. Okay, but I don't want to get people like fired up about it. Honestly, I looked at it and was like, I'm very surprised it's not more of a furry kind of movie. Like, because there's the transformation and there's, like, cat. Like, honestly, that's what I thought from when I saw the other one.
1: Oh, yeah. The other cover. From this
3: cover. Like, this cover is totally different. But this cover, I was like, oh, okay. All right. I had, like, kind of a vibe of that one.
1: This but, is the cover yeah. I grew up Yeah, with. that
3: that's a very, like, those two, the two covers have very different kind of feelings about it. Um, I'd never heard of this movie before. You were like, oh, we're going to review this one. And I'm like, what is this? I've never heard of this movie. No. Never? Nope. Never.
1: Yeah. Uh, this is a very, it's an interesting one. Um, I think if you're a Stephen King fan, you'll definitely find merit in it.
3: If you're a horror fan, this is cheesy
1: oh it's super cheesy
3: super cheesy
1: but a lot of it especially if you're watching it in blu-ray it holds up Um, yeah
3: i mean the practical effects are really good
1: even the performances yeah solid
3: there wasn't any of them that felt forced no like i think brian krauss is a great actor like i watched him on everything for charmed and i always thought leo was really cool it was nice to see him in like this kind of role
1: yeah I think the one thing that doesn't really work su- super well is the structure of the movie. Like, the way the scenes fall out. Yeah, it like, doesn't layout. flow
3: like I want it to. Like, it's a I quick. Think it quick. It should have been, like, the pacing needs to be a little slower. And some scenes should be farther yeah. in the movie. I think they should have built up the mother-son dynamic, normal mother-son. And, like, made him a likable character. Before they jumped right into the creepy stuff
1: um actually yeah like i i think i think this would work really well as like a limited series
3: you know nowadays limited series are like kind of what disney plus is doing yeah yeah i i think i think it is i know i know america has like limited series that's what they call them but, like, I watch international stuff, and they do one-season stories all the time. So, to me, that would be a great, one, like, this is it, 12 episodes, 24 episodes, done.
1: Yeah. Like, I think if they, like, if Castle Rock did this as a season, I think it would work really well. It would really, be really well. good, yeah. Um, and the fact
3: that they mentioned Castle Rock even in this would make so much sense if they if they tied it into that today. It would make yeah. perfect sense. Like, oh, wait, why is this tie-in? Because they mention get Castle Rock police over here quick.
1: Yeah. And even like uh, Castle Rock, the way that series works is it's not nothing is based specifically off a Stephen King story. Yeah. Like, it's not like one season is the story of Misery or anything like that. So they what they do essentially is take elements of Stephen King's work, characters, uh, like c- types of creatures, things like that, mm. and then they uh, towns, and then they. Build their create their own story within his world. Yeah. So each season is just a very unique original story set in the Stephen King universe. So if they took, like, the elements of Sleepwalkers, like the creatures, and then just stuck them in Castle Rock...
3: And, like, maybe have a mention of, oh, like, these ones were killed in California, these ones were killed in Indiana. Like, this is yeah. the story that happened. Like, have little... Then you Bits could reference
1: this. that that movie happened. Yes. You know what I mean?
3: To where it's like, oh, shit. Like, that's a true story. Like, they've these new people have been laying even lower. They've traveled, like, to poorer countries internationally. And they've only come back. And yeah. Like, something like that. That would be really, really cool.
1: I'd be super into that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So, bringing us into our normal questions mm-hmm. uh, what are your overall thoughts
3: I hated it I hated this movie <laughs> it's not a usual movie I'd watch it, the plot was a little mm, it's cheesy It it's like to me it's like that made for TV Saturday afternoon thing you'd watch and you're like oh it's on so I'll just put it on for noise and go do shit like that's how I felt about this it's a decent story. I like the lore and stuff behind it. I wish it was more fleshed out. There's definitely elements that I wish that I knew what are sleepwalkers, why are they running? Where did they come from? I would like more of a like a deeper story than boom, da da boom, we're out. Like it it didn't keep me in it very long. I think the elements that did keep me in it was how I felt about Tanya being like. Kind of long conned by this to be having her life force sucked out of her. That's what I was in for. Like, oh no. And Clovis. I was really there for like, no, Clovis survived. No, don't die, kitty. And I hated the fact that the cats were getting killed. Like, that, that bugged me. I did not like this one. This is not on my list of like movies.
1: Well, I can definitely understand. Um... Like I said, I grew up with this movie, um, so I've seen it many, many times. Mm. Um, taking into account that this is Stephen King's first, like, real written-for-the-screen work, um, I... I like it for what it is. I always have liked it for what it is. Mm. I don't... I definitely know that it's a super cheesy like creature feature Mm -hmm. type of movie it's nothing special um most people probably hate it uh i like it i think it's i think it's fun if it's a kind of a turn your brain off creature feature yeah you don't have to think too much about it you can just kind of take it for what it is it's got some great acting, great special effects. Um, story could use a lot of work. Uh, yeah. I do hope that someday somebody fleshes it out into something longer. I think that would be really cool. Mm. Um, but I think the overall concept is pretty cool.
3: The concept's cool because the whole Egyptian like lore and the I history behind been... it.
1: Yeah. I wish that had been played up more.
3: Yeah, I really, I really do. It kind of lost me where it has all of this stuff in the beginning during the credits, and then I'm like, where is all this cool stuff? Like, none of that is mentioned other than, you know, there's a link between... Like, there were a couple pictures of, like, mother and son. Yeah. There, I knew there was going to be kind of, like, a weird connection, but I did not think it was going to be a literal connection.
1: <laughs> so. Um, I'm actually going to segue that into... Like, uh, how would it be made today? Uh, d- that's tough. I'm gonna. I'll start that out. Yeah. Uh, so I think, I personally, I think if I were to be offered to make this today, I think I would suggest it as a limited series, whether it be part of Castle Rock or its own thing. Um, I would delve more into the egyptian side Mm -hmm. um i would try and and flesh everything out in a long form so like i'd take at least the first like three to four episodes before you even see the first kill yeah like i would probably try and make you start to feel connected to the mother and son and then start to introduce the creepiness I would introduce Tanya earlier on, have them be friends first, and then maybe it starts to shift into romance. Yeah. Uh, i definitely do more with all of the characters. Even the cops, I would yeah. flesh them out more. I probably wouldn't kill off Andy. No. Clovis would be a bigger, even bigger part.
3: Clovis would have a little bit of a magical ability to
1: him. I wouldn't... no. I would. I, I wouldn't make him magical. I would, uh... I would keep him just a cat, but
3: maybe he's one of the cats from the pet cemetery.
1: Oh God! Yeah, see, <laughs> yeah, I—that's—that's uh, that's what I would do with it.
3: I'd want to see this in book form. I would want to see him write this in a book form. I think his books do much better than his film because he is such a detailed writer that it's tough to see all of the details on screen. They did a decent job with it. They really did. But I know there's shit missing, tons of shit missing from that book to that story. Um, I know that Pet Cemetery. tons of stuff is missing. I I would rather see this in a book form to read it to garner my own images of this story. This is great, but sometimes a book is better than the movie, even if it's the other way around where the movie was first, in my opinion.
1: I think it would have been pretty cool to read this. Yeah. Um, and I don't think any, he had ever fleshed it out into anything longer.
3: Mm-hmm. To Google. Let's see.
1: Um, does it work?
3: Does it work? Uh, no. It's missing a lot. I think it's a decent story. It's a great start. I think there could have been more. So I'm going to say no just because I think there could be more to it.
1: All right. Uh for me I think it works. Um if you're someone like me, if you're someone who just likes horror and just especially like if you especially if you're into cheesier horror um, which a lot of people are, uh, I think, I definitely think this works, I think, um, it's got enough practical special effects, it's got enough gore, it's got enough, uh, that acting is good enough to be at least enjoyable to some people. Yeah, there are elements of this that'll, that are so fucking cheesy that they make you laugh. Mm. But that's part of that fun element. This mm. is a fun little horror movie. It's not doesn't have to be deep, it's just fun.
3: Fun? Sorry. Yeah. Okay.
1: And a little bit cringy.
3: A little. <laughs> I was practically crying. I was like, oh
1: I already know the answer, but would you recommend it?
3: No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I would recommend this to my friends if we all got together and we drank and I'm like hey you want to see some shit this would be that movie I wouldn't recommend this to like oh I need a really good movie for the weekend I'm going to recommend it not this this is the first and last viewing of this movie I will do no offense (laughs) waiting um
1: so I would recommend this to the right audience. Um, like you said, if it was like a group of people looking to watch a bad movie or a cheesy movie, I would recommend Sleepwalkers for sure. Uh if I would recommend this to people that like bad movies or like uh like that cheesy style nineties. Do you know aesthetic. who I
3: definitely recommend this to? Uh guys who best of the worst. Oh god, Red Letter Media?
1: See, I wouldn't. I don't think this is bad enough for them.
3: Uh they would they would rip this apart.
1: I think maybe they I'd recommend this to them for a review.
3: A review? You know,
1: yeah, like the review show that they do. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I wouldn't recommend this for best of the worst. No way. It's not bad enough.
3: Well, <sighs> Well, best of the worst has to be certain movies.
1: Best of the worst is literally the worst. Yeah. So the worst of the worst. This isn't that bad.
3: No, but they would rip this movie
1: apart, though. <laughs> oh, in review they would tear it. I to feel shreds. like
3: they have ripped this movie apart personally, but just not aired it. <laughs> um,
1: is it exploitation or other?
3: Yes, I say yes. It is because it's. Horror for a niche audience. I feel like there is like a Stephen King exploitation like along that lines where he does certain things like the strange and unusual. So I'm going to say yes. This is exploitation.
1: Okay. I don't think I would classify this as exploitation. No? Um, I think it could be if it went further. Okay. Yes, it it takes some some liberties, um, it goes some distances, but it's not so far as to be exploitive of any one subject. So like if they had if it had been ten times gorier or like if they had played heavier into the creature aspect than they did okay then i would probably lean a little bit further towards exploitation but i i would say this is just standard horror
3: standard horror yes the reason why i say it's exploitation is because stephen king has a certain storytelling and this is stephen king written all over it anything that is stephen king's so yeah. no unfortunately in the there's sense, no king's there is no king's exploitation <laughs> but guess what Bitches, we just made King's exploitation right here on the podcast.
1: That would be any Stephen King movie. That
3: would be any Stephen <laughs> King movie. Are there funny Stephen King movies?
1: Um, oh wait, we
3: just watched one. Ah. Uh, Sorry. Actually,
1: yes. There's at least one. Oh god. Um,
3: <laughs> Anything King is in our wheelhouse except for the remakes, right?
1: Pretty much. Yeah. Ah, oh, Christ. Um, but I think that basically brings this discussion to an end. Yes. Uh, unless there's anything else you have to say.
3: No. <laughs> no more incest, please, and thank uh, you.
1: Well, don't go anywhere just yet. Stay tuned for the coming attractions. Mm-hmm.
3: Why did you pick Clerks?
1: Why wouldn't I pick Clerks?
3: (laughs) I mean, after the trash movie that we just watched. um,
1: It wasn't trash. Feline Abomination. Oh, Jesus.
3: It was not a meowster piece.
1: I (laughs) want (laughs) to die. No, Clerks uh, is one of my favorite comedies of all time. Mm. Um, And. I don't know, we're trying to vary things up as much as we can. We don't want to do too many horror movies in a row or too many action movies in a row or yeah. whatever. So, figured we just did Sleepwalkers. We've done a pretty good variety so far. So, mm. Clerks so was a So, why one.
3: not add one of the weirdest dark comedies that I've ever seen? <laughs> to preface, I saw Clerks 2 before I ever saw Clerks 1. I believe. I believe. Not 100% sure. Um, but, yeah, these movies are... I don't know. I remember it being a certain way, so maybe I'll be surprised that it's different now, that I'm older. Because it was in my like early 20s that I saw that. So,
1: Yeah, Clerks, I don't know. I feel it's... To me, it's one of the most relatable comedies that anybody has ever made. And
3: Painfully relatable?
1: Yeah, I mean, almost <laughs> everyone everywhere has worked a shitty retail job oh, God, at some yeah. point. Or fast food. Or fast food. And you just... The the types of people you encounter and... I don't know, I feel like this movie is kind of like the dream of all of those people to be able to just say what you want to the Do customers. Do what you want, and, say
3: what you want, fuck everybody else. Yeah, I, I can see it.
1: Plus yes. it's the debut film of Kevin Smith and... Yes, yes. I highly respect that, man.
3: You do. <laughs> you try to look like him.
1: Uh, I don't know if I try to look like him.
3: Uh, I don't
1: go around wearing giant fucking jerseys and...
3: No, but let's talk about the backwards hat you wear all the time.
1: Listen. <laughs> Listen. All right.
3: It's a good style, actually. It looks good on him. If he's not wearing it, I'm like, where's the hat?
1: <laughs> <laughs> um... Yeah, I don't know. I'm pretty excited to talk about it.
3: I'm excited to see this one again because, uh, like I said, I remember it being a certain way and being like, Oh, this is stupid. I'm a lot older now, and I've been through their shit, so maybe it might be better? Mm -hmm. Who knows?
1: I mean, I don't think anybody can watch this one today and not get something out of it. Yeah. It's...
3: Especially the way the world has been the last couple
1: years. Yeah, for sure. And, like, the way people are, like, kind of waking up to the day-to-day bullshit. Yeah. It's kind of... This one's very topical. I'm surprised that it hasn't become far more, like, renowned now than...
3: Give it some time. We did just go through the Great Resignation. Yeah. And I'm hearing rumors on the wind that there is another one coming. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> the wind being the internet. <laughs> uh, oh, God. All right. Clerks, y'all ready for next week? I'm tired. Ah, <laughs> oh, shit.
1: Well, I think that's going to wrap things up for today. Um, for more recommendations on films or coffees that you should check out. If you'd like to check out our extensive movie collection.
3: And growing by the day.
1: <laughs> um, or you want to see some fun behind the scenes or chat with us, uh, you can recommend us some movies or some coffees that we should try. Come find us on Facebook and Instagram at Grindhouse Podcasts. We're on Twitter at Grindhouse Cast. Find us on Discord or more apt, find Leah on Discord. Um also at Grindhouse Podcast. Yep. We hope you keep listening to us and give us five-star ratings on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your morning fix. Um, new episodes come out first thing every Monday morning. If you're listening to the podcast and you want a more visual experience, subscribe to us on YouTube, where you can get every single episode in its entirety with video.
3: Almost all of them have video. Sorry about the technical yeah. difficulties. Lately,
1: we have had a few episodes here with some technical difficulties on the video side, uh, but we think we have that squared away now, or at least we hope. We hope. Uh, hopefully, we won't encounter any more problems going forward. Um, if you like what we're doing, and you want to show this, uh, if you like what we're doing, and you want to show the show some support. Um, you can find all that information down in the show notes. Until next week, I'm Sean.
3: And I'm Leah.
1: Thanks for listening, and keep watching.